What I want to do today is I'm not going to preach the message I preached this morning. I more so just want to share with you guys some of what I'm feeling and share with you guys a testimony. Is that okay? Is that cool? Okay, so it'll be short. And so that's why I asked Nick to stay with me just because I want to proclaim something over you. And um, I heard this in worship. But I feel like what the Lord's doing here is he's giving visions and visitations. And so if you haven't seen a vision in a long time, you don't have a vision for your future, you haven't had a vision with the Holy Spirit, you haven't received a vision in prayer, I want you to be on the lookout for that because God is releasing visions uh, to our house. If you've never had a vision before, if you don't even know what a vision is, you know, it's when God moves on our creative imagination to give us pictures and messages from Him in our mind that affect our spirit and change our lives. And so I just want to declare over you tonight that visions are coming to your house in Jesus' name. Would you receive that? That visions are coming to your prayer time. Visions are coming to your devotional time. Visions are coming to your dream life. That you're going to have prophetic dreams where you receive from God in the night. I'll receive it, Lord. Amen. And I also just want to proclaim visitations. Because it's one thing to have visions in your heart, but it's another thing to have visitations before your eyes. And I just want to declare over you tonight that God is going to visit you in a very powerful, dynamic way that is going to cause your life to pivot in a new direction. He says he takes us from glory to glory. And I believe there's going to be some visitations for our house that's going to elevate us, not to the next level, but to the next dimension. Something that we didn't see coming, something that we didn't think was possible. Your spiritual life is going to go to a new dimension. What we have seen today, if you've been in any of the other services today, I, I, I really do believe that the presence of God that's been here is us just scratching the surface of the open heaven that he's stretching apart. And I really do believe that this place has historically been a well of encounter and will continue to be once more in the move of God in our generation. I really, I really believe that. You know, um, you, you guys all remember the passage. Uh, Peter quotes the prophet Joel in the book of Acts when he says, the latter shall be greater than the former. You guys know that, right? That you shall pour out your spirit on all flesh, that your sons and daughters would prophesy, that your old men would dream dreams, your young men would see visions, right? Well, did I get that right? Is that right? I think it was close, right? Uh, so if you don't know the history of this building, this place used to be called House of Blessings. And uh, for a long time, especially during the Jesus People Movement, this place was completely cram-packed full of people for revival services. And uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Don Potter before. Don Potter was a worship leader. You You guys know who Don Potter is? Yeah. So Don Potter, this was where he led worship for the very first time. Isn't that cool? So he used to drive from New York every weekend to Nashville to lead worship in this church because the move of the Spirit was so strong at the House of Blessing that he would drive that far every weekend to lead worship here. If you've ever heard of the book that he wrote called Facing the Wall, that happened in this place. 
where, you know, he was so overcome with the presence of God that he actually used to turn his chair around and just face this wall right here and, and lead worship. He didn't want to be distracted. He just, he just, it's just him and God. And, th- and that was here. Don actually built the pulpit that was here when we arrived. And uh, not this one, obviously. But um, he helped build the stage. He built the sound uh, booth that we ripped out. And uh, sorry, Don. We, we kept the pulpit. But, you know, the open heaven that's over this place. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever heard the stories of the Kansas City prophets. There's four prophets. One of them was Jim Gall. The, uh, another one was uh, Sean Bowles, who's a friend of ours. And this was the first church that welcomed the Kansas City prophets to come and release the word of the Lord over the year each year. So... There is a, a history of revival in this place. Church has been happening in this house since 1952. And so I want you guys to know when I say that the latter shall be greater than the former, I want you to know that the best vision, the best visitation is yet to come. And it will happen in this place. And, and, and I believe it with, with all of my heart. I, I wanted to share this testimony with you guys. And, Maybe I'll, I'll, you know, kind of wind down with this. But, you know, there's something about a people that want Jesus more than anything else. You know, and that's that's abnormal. That's strange, even for Christians, you know, to want Jesus more than anything else. For me, um, I embarked upon a journey of wanting Jesus more than everything else. When I was 21, I'm 33 today. And when I first received Jesus, when Jesus saved me, I had no idea how to study the Bible. I didn't even know how to be uh, discipled or learn about God. And so every night after dinner, my dad and I would sit down and we would watch T.D. Jake's DVDs. And we did that for nine months, and that's how I was discipled. So he'd have the remote and he would push pause. And I'd say, what does that mean? And then my dad would explain to me. And I'd say, hold on, hold on, hold on. What does that mean? And he'd push pause and explain to me. And uh, that, was, that was like, I did nine months of discipleship like that, you guys. And uh, we'd finish the DVD. You know, I'd, I'd ask my dad questions and he'd explain them to me. And I didn't know my dad was having so much fun. I just thought he was doing it, you know, because I was asking. But he was having a blast too. And then afterward, I would go upstairs into my room. And because I didn't know how to study the Bible, I just opened up the Bible and just started reading chronologically. You know, I just started with Genesis. I made my way to Exodus, you know, and I just, that's how I'd read the Bible. I didn't know you were supposed to start with John, not the Old Testament first. You know, I didn't know any of those things. So I was just reading the Old Testament. And I was so fascinated by the storyline of God. Eventually, coming to Exodus chapter 33. This is an amazing passage of Scripture. It's what theologians call a theophany. It's where somebody, a human being, sees God. It's where God steps out of eternity and into time and reveals himself to humanity. The greatest theophany of all is Jesus Christ. Amen? But Moses had a theophany of his own when he went up on Mount Sinai. And he asked God to show him his glory. Now, the interesting thing about this story is that God wanted all of Israel to see his glory. Not just Moses, not just the priest, not just the prophet, not just the man of God. 
He wanted the whole nation to see his glory. But as the cost got greater, as they made their way up the mountain of God, person after person, group after group, turned back, deciding that the sacrifice was greater than the reward of the encounter. And so there was lightning, there was thunder, there were clouds of thick darkness. And as they were working there, they said, nah, you know, I think I'm going to turn around. Nah, I think the sacrifice is too great. Nah, the challenge is too steep. Nah, it's too scary. There's lightning, there's thunder, there's, cla- there's darkness, there's darkness. Nah, it, it's, it's, it's too great. Man of God, pastor, hey, you go up the mountain and then you talk to God and then you come back and tell us what he says. Whatever he says, we'll, we'll believe it. And that was a mistake that the nation made. But can I tell you guys that I believe that the church, by and large, is still making the same mistake today because they are outsourcing their opportunity for encounter to their pastors. And they're saying, you know, you go up the mountain and you have an encounter for me and you come back and you tell me whatever God says, I'll listen to it. But the Father's heart for you is that you'd climb the mountain as well and that you would behold his glory and see his face in the same way that the generals of old have and the same way that the revivalists had and the same way that whoever your hero of faith is, you have the same permission and privilege to behold the very glory of God in the same way. And so I just feel like there is a bit of a message in this for legacy, which is come up here, come up higher, receive the more that you know your soul is hungry for. When you ask yourself on Monday morning, when you climb out of bed at 545 and it's still dark and you say, is this all there is? You know, that's your soul whispering. There's more. There's more. There's more. And God is inviting us into the more. He is inviting us into the more. He is inviting us to embark upon the journey of summiting this mountain of God to limit all distractions where everything else fades away and it's just Him. And we see His glory. Because God longs to be vulnerable with His people. He wants to reveal the mysteries of His kingdom. He wants to reveal the secrets to His disciples. Amen? I mean, God literally showed Moses his butt read the story right and so when you think about the vulnerability of God to show his behind to his son we get a glimpse into the sort of relationship that God's really willing to have with you one of complete transparency one of absolute openness where he doesn't keep anything hidden from you He doesn't withhold information or revelation. He doesn't withhold love or compassion, but that he's fully open and fully transparent and fully aware of what you need and willing to draw from himself to meet that need abundantly. That's what God's inviting us into, a season of visions and a season of visitations where we would literally behold the very glory of God You know, Moses gets up there. He's like, let me see your glory. 
And then God shows them something. And we know Moses didn't have the spirit living on the inside of him the way that we have the spirit living on the inside of us. So why would we presume that a superior blessing would be reserved for an inferior covenant? I remember one time I was in a worship service in Austin, Texas with Micah Stampley. I know some of you guys know Micah Stampley. It's my bro. He probably don't remember me, but we, we, were, we were going ham in the presence of God. And uh, he was worshiping me. He's got a beautiful voice like an angel. And he's worshiping. And I remember I was walking around the back and I was worshiping. And we were just, there was only like 20 people left. Like he sang all the people away. Like, I mean, it was just people just eventually got tired and said, I'm going to go home now. But he was still worshiping. So I thought, man, I'm just going to linger a little bit longer. I'm going to be like Joshua. I'm not going to leave the tent because I know, you know, Jesus saved the best wine for last. So there's probably some kind of something about to happen. And, uh, you know, so I'm walking around and I'm just lifting up my hands. Say, oh, man, Jesus, come on. Keep coming, Lord. Keep coming, Lord. And I remember I started to pray. I said, I just want to see the glory like Moses saw the glory. I want to see the glory like Moses saw the glory. I want to see the glory like Moses. That's what I kept saying. And, and man, I'm telling you guys. God responded very quickly to me. He said, no, you don't. And I said, really? Because, you know, I looked, that seemed pretty cool, you know. And he said, he said, no, if I, get, if I showed you the glory like I, I showed Moses the glory, you wouldn't be satisfied with it. He said, because, and I mean, just try this on for size, pray about it. He said, there's an evolution of my glory. My glory keeps growing. It keeps getting better. It keeps getting sweeter. It keeps getting bigger, you know? And he said, what you have on the inside of you by allowing the Holy Spirit to possess you and fully fill you, to drench you every square inch of who you are, you have a privilege to behold the glory of God in a unique and different way than my servant Moses. You have the opportunity for more today because I sent my son, Jesus Christ, and I ripped the veil in two from top to bottom. It's so important to note that he ripped it from top to bottom. That's how you know that no man ripped it because if a man ripped it, he'd have to rip it from the bottom to the top. But it ripped from the top to the bottom because God split it at the seams and released his Holy Spirit to all of humanity. And because we have received that through faith, We have the privilege to have superior visions and visitations from any person in the Old Testament, any prophet of the Old Covenant. I mean, if you look at Moses, you look at Ezekiel, you look at Elijah, you look at Elisha who had a double portion. They prophesied with envy about the seat that you get to sit in on a 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon in Nashville, Tennessee, because they said, man, I am prophesying in faith. I am believing. I know I see in part, so I prophesy in part, but I'm prophesying about a day when this Holy Spirit that comes on me for a moment and allows me to speak from the Spirit, it will not just be released upon me for a season. It will not just be with me for a time, but I will prophesy about a day in which it will take up residence in the people of God and live and breathe and move within them. That is what they were looking at and saw you and declared that something greater than what happened on Mount Sinai could happen on the inside of you. They say, oh, God, give me more, give me more, give me more, give me more. I always thought that the more was somewhere out there that I had to get some. 
somewhere, go somewhere. And I remember one time Jesus whispered to me, he said, the more of me is on the inside of you. <laughs> it's there. Just let it happen. Just yield. Just surrender. If you have no idea how to experience the presence of God, let me tell you, it's just found on the other side of your surrender. When you let God do what he wants to do, the more of God sometimes costs us our dignity. And yet we still yield to the Holy Spirit. And we say, God, fully fill us. God, fully fill us. Because when God fully fills us, God fully heals us. And we become fully filled when we fully yield. If you don't know why you're alive, it's found just on the other side of your yieldedness. If you don't know what adventure really is, if you don't know what joy really is, if you don't know what fun really is, all you need to do is one thing, surrender. Because on the other side of your yieldedness is abundant life, is your purpose, is your reason for being, is the best life you could ever imagine because it's a life with God. But so oftentimes, you know, we don't surrender. We don't make our way up the mountain because we're afraid of what God might ask us to give up. But the truth is, no matter what God asks us to give up pales by comparison to the joy and the blessing that we get when we see his face. What's up, sir? Glad you're back. So, you know. When I first read this passage, I said, man, I want to encounter God like that. That sounds awesome. I want, I, want, I want to experience that. I have to experience that. I have to have that. I have to. And so I adopted a personal catchphrase. You guys want to hear it? I intend to find out what God might do with one life that's completely laid down to him. And from that day on, I kept praying that. And I kept saying, God, I want to see you. 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 Like I fully expected him to just like come over with pizza. I don't know. It's like I, I like completely expected Jesus to just walk out in the flesh and say, here I am. And not lying to you guys, sometimes I got so afraid that that actually would happen that I began to click on all the lights in, in my room and I'd turn the radio up loud I'd turn the TV on I'd turn the fan on in the bathroom because I would get so afraid I said man what if God actually shows up what if, what if Jesus actually steps into my room like I'll probably die right because that's what all you know the people said when they had theophanies when they have encounters they hit their knees they fall on the ground like a dead man any man that ever encountered the living God in the scriptures fell on their knees like a dead man which is interesting because, you know, the word says no flesh shall glory in his presence. But also at the same time, I want you guys to notice that anytime God showed up to a woman, she's like, here I am. What's up? So all I'm saying is, women, you have a special grace for encounters with God. Whereas men are like, whoa, OK, I'm sinful. Women are like, what's up? Here I am. So be it unto me according to your word. What? Hey, that's why we need some praying mamas. That's why you need to move here, Rhonda. Hey, prophecy. I'm just, I'm just kidding. We need some praying mamas. You know, a kid can't outrun the prayers of a praying mama. I can tell you guys the truth right now. I, I tried it. I did everything I could to run away from God and my calling. And I'm telling you, the prayers of my praying mom came and handpicked me from the ashes and brought me back into the family of God. Women, you guys are supernaturally gifted to have visions and visitations. Women of God, you guys have been supernaturally graced. 
to have visions and visitations. And, and you know, just a little byproduct of this, of this sermonette I'm giving you guys here. It's just as a man and as a pastor, I just want to repent in proxy and apologize for the men who've tried to muzzle your message and, and just say that in this house... We are going to unleash women of God to pray, declare, prophesy, dream, have visions, have visitations in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. That's important. Because, uh, man, we, we, we need mamas. So when I read this passage of scripture, you know, I, I remember I, I, I was sharing with a friend of mine who's actually a pastor here in town 10 years ago, you know, and he wasn't living here. I wasn't living here. And he said, you know, God is about to encounter you. I'm telling you guys this like he told me. OK, so this is a message for you. He said, you know, God is about to encounter you in so much in, in such a profound way. You're almost going to feel like an alien on this planet. You're going to feel like a different human being. Like there's going to be an encounter that's going to happen to you that's going to change your DNA. Like it's going to alter your molecular structure. It's like, I mean, it's going to be a crazy, wild, nutty encounter. Like you're not even going to believe it. But when it happens, it's, you're going to see God. It's going to change everything for you. And you guys, I can tell you that I have had visions and visitations that have shaken me physically where I'm just like, you know, where I'm in a roller coaster and I can't stop shaking because the power of God is on me so strong and so powerfully that it creates in my life. It opens doors in my life. It opens doors in our lives. And really what that is, that's our physical bodies responding to the voice of Yahweh as he breathes through our spirits. And it, it literally, it vibrates our spirits. That's what happens. That's, that's what happens. If, if, you, if you study uh, Genesis, the creation story, you know, the earth was formless and void, right? And then God, it says, it says that God uh, hovered over the face of the deep, right? You know what that word hovered is? It's a Hebrew word called rakof. I can't do it properly, but that's what it is. It's a Hebrew word called rakof. It means to vibrate. Yeah, and then it says, and then God said, and so what he did, he breathed over top the vibration. And when we speak or when we sing, what happens is our breath goes over top the vibration of our vocal cords and we speak and then our words create our worlds. And that's because Yahweh did it first whenever the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. It vibrated over creation. And then he spoke and he, he, he released his breath over the vibration and creation took place. And so when you have experiences like that, where you're like, whoa, what is that? Like you feel that on the inside, like what is happening? Or maybe you shake or you have some sort of physical response to the presence of God. Don't worry. That's just the voice of the Lord roaring through you. And it's transforming you and it's creating in you. And it's, I like that. It's creating, that's, that's what's happening. Like God's shifting your DNA. And for so long you've been like, well, I'm just like this. I'm just like this. This is just how I am. God's like, not no more, not no more, not no more. Because I'm breathing into you. So I'm shifting your DNA on a molecular level. So I'm recreating. I'm having some recreation with my son. See, we can never forget that God loves to create. That's the first thing he did. He's the ultimate creative. 
And so he loves to create through you, but not just in your art or your expression or your medium, but he also loves to continue to create you and transform you. And some people think, well, I got to get a lot like Jesus before I die. Uh, You know, that's a good uh, goal. But God, the Father, is going to spend the rest of eternity making you look like his son. He's going to continue to beautify you and beautify you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever because he's the master potter and we're the clay and he has recreation with recreation. It doesn't matter who you were a month ago. You don't have to leave this room the same person. It doesn't matter who you were four years ago. You don't have to leave church tonight the exact same individual because the creator has an ability to alter everything about you and restructure you from the inside out. That is the grace. That is the glory. That is the power of Jesus Christ. So when I heard that, I was like, man, I want to have that. I want to have that. I want to have that. I want to have that encounter, you know. And, uh, man, I was in church, a meeting kind of like tonight, this afternoon, and I was worshiping, and I had my hands up, and I was like, God, I want to see you. You know, I'm going through my whole routine of, God, I want to see you. I want to see you. I want to see you. And I got more bold when I was in church because I felt more comfortable because I was around a lot of people. You know, so then I figured at least I probably wouldn't die. You know, I was like, if God shows up at church, it would be better for me. You know, and so I'm worshiping. God, come on. I want to see you. I want to see you. And I had a vision. And in this vision, I saw these feet in front of me and they were just kicking up dust, man. They were sprinting. They were running so fast and they were running through these clouds. And then I, I recognized that I'm chasing God. I recognize it. I'm like, I'm chasing God. This is awesome. There's God. I'm chasing him. And I looked down and I could see through the, uh, through the clouds and there was just these wheat fields. It was harvest fields over every nation, over every tribe. It was just, it was just all these wheat fields. And I saw them blowing in the wind. And then I look up again, and there's God. He's just running. He's running. He's running. And I was like, oh, man, I got to catch him. I got to catch him. I got to catch him. I got to get him. I said, God, I want to see you. I want to see you. And I reached my hand out, like, like actually, like, in the front. I'm like, ah. I'm like, people thought I was having a unique manifestation. I'm like, you know. And, and, and I missed. I tried to get him by the ankle, and I missed. And I said, oh, I missed him. And he kept running, kept running, kept running. So I said, oh, I'm going to try again. Try again. And that time I caught him. And I caught him by the ankle. But he kept running. And then I noticed, man, the speed at which we were going through these nations was had picked up significantly. And I'm like, wow. But on the inside, I'm like, gotcha. You know, gotcha, God. I gotcha. I gotcha. And I started climbing his legs. I gotcha. I gotcha. And then I got up and I like grabbed him by the thigh. I'm like, oh, I got him. I got him, and then I finally got him with both hands by the waist. And my feet, they're just dangling, you know, in the vision. And then all of a sudden, like on a dime, man, Jesus just stops. He turns around, he looks at me, and he says, what do you want? Now, I've told this story before, and a lot of people want to know, well, what did you ask for? Because when you have the attention of God and he asks you what you want, you know and you have the faith that whatever you ask for, God's going to do it. He's going to grant it. When you've got the full attention of God and he says, what do you want? You know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God's got what I want. And he's about to give me what I ask for. What do I ask for? This is like, this is my, this is my one shot that I get to ask God whatever I want. Like I'm in this vision. I'm in, it's amazing. It's awesome. 
you know, from the depth of my heart, I spoke out to Jesus the most truest request that I had in me. And he said, what do you want? And when I looked at him, the only words I could muster out was, I just want you. I just want you. I just want you. So when we behold the beauty of Jesus Christ, everything else fades away. Every other thing withers and dies. When we see the glory of Jesus Christ, we don't stray, we don't turn, because we've seen something that transforms us and continues to transform us and continue to transform us. We're not just the same old person or the person we used to be or the person that we can't stop being, but we become transformed more into his image and we want him more and we're hungry more and we, we reach out more. And what was interesting is, and I never tell this part of the message. I don't know why it just never seems fitting, but it's fitting tonight. So my vision became a visitation. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm entertaining God. You ever entertain anybody? You ever host anybody? You know what I'm saying? You have people over for dinner? See, I think about that when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I think about entertaining the Holy Spirit. Well, when I have guests over to my home, I make sure I clean things up. You know, I, I get the good dishes. You know, I make sure they have the fork from West Elm. You know, I don't want to have the cheap fork that I got from the Goodwill. I want them to have the good West Elm fork, you know, because I'm trying my best to entertain them. And that's how I think about in terms of the Holy Spirit. I want to entertain the Holy Spirit. Let me host you. Let me host the Holy Ghost. Let me host you, Holy Spirit. We see that the, the dove comes down at Jesus' baptism and embodying and, and showing us, hey, this is, the, this is the Holy Spirit, right? The dove. Can you imagine how sensitive a dove is? How hard it would be to keep a dove on your shoulder all day long? How gentle you'd have to be? How meek you'd have to walk? How humble you'd have to be in your spirit? Right? Because a lot of people talk about sensitivity to the Spirit. But I believe, I believe that what He wants to do with us, church, is make us uh, aware of the sensitivity of the Spirit. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a certain sensitivity that the dove has when He rests upon you. And there's a gentleness in our heart and awareness of the Spirit within us. And we say, I want to host you. And in a moment, I felt like Jesus in the vision just said, come up here come up here and, and I was at this like long table man it's like this super long table and and I'm looking at him and he's like way over there you know like those funny movies when it's like way down there and you're like whoa you know but I could hear him perfectly like he was sitting in front of me he said eat your food and then I looked down there's this big charger there and there was this fresh bread and and the fresh bread was there and y'all i'm not lying i was having an experience in the altar and i'm like i don't even care they were doing offering at this point so i'm like i don't even care and i'm like <laughs> i'm one of those people okay and so um you're just like okay he, he, he'll be all right he, he's okay just leave him alone and man y'all in like like fit like i could taste like i was like man this tastes like bread like tastes like peppery delicious bread and, and I remember the Lord told me, he said, you can always come back. You can, you can always come back to my presence. You can always come back to this place. You can always have a vision and a visitation. But don't forget 
that the endurance to get here, that run, that sprint, that chase, that's prayer. And this bread, you need nourishment. That's my word. And you can have visions and visitations, but you got to pray and you got to feast on the word of God. And you don't have to visit. You can reside. You can live in this place. So that's what I want to declare over you guys. I, I told you I was going to give you a sermonette. Maybe I, I turned it into a sermon by accident. But, you know, that's, a, that's what happens sometimes. I'm a, I'm a preacher, so uh, we talk a lot. But I, I hope it opened up something for you in the spirit because testimonies are just that. That's what they are. Uh, testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. We've all heard that being said before. So when I share a testimony, when you share a testimony, when you talk about your encounter, all you're doing is you're cracking a door for the person sitting next to you. Say, man, I experienced this, and now you can. You've heard it, so now I've duplicated a key at the Holy Ghost Home Depot. And, like, you have the ability to unlock this door and go in now. Yeah? And so we all can have encounters. We can have individual encounters. When God puts us in the cleft of the rock, when God puts us in the prayer closet, when we're having coffee devo, you know, in the morning. But we can also have corporate encounters where God says, hey, everybody, come up. Come up. Hey, everybody, come up. I want to show you the glory. I want to show you my presence. And that is what is going to change our city that's what's going to change our generation that's what's going to change our world that's what's going to change history is going to be encountering the living God because although he does not change he is the great agent of change and he wants to create and recreate and recreate and recreate and recreate and recreate so if you're in here tonight just have a little fresh start just have a fresh start because who you used to be on your best day is not worthy to be compared to who you're becoming as you continue to walk with God. Your high watermark in God, that's going to be like a kiddie pool to you in the next six months. It's deeper. More, more swirl. <laughs> you know? No more kiddie pool. Deep in glory. How's that? All right, I'm going to close, but before I do, I want to, I just want to share a word uh, with David, our guest. You know, I, I've been worshiping with you today, and, you know, I felt like the Lord said that you're able not just to step across denominations, but you're able to step across streams. And what I mean by that is, it's not just about Pentecostal or Baptist or Methodist or Lutheran, but the evangelical church, the charismatic church, the liturgical church. I feel like the Lord's actually going to send you into some places with Catholics and Anglicans and Lutherans where the worship is different, but they acknowledge the anointing and your ability to bring heaven in the room. There is a monk by the name of Thomas Merton. And he, I don't know if you know who that is, but he lived in Kentucky, not very far from here for a long time. And I feel that the anointing that rested upon him, it rests on you. And it's an anointing for encounter. 
It's an anointing to behold. It's an anointing to rest in the glory of God. And it's an anointing to be still and know. And that verse, I think, is going to become incredibly pivotal for you as you step into your future. Be still and know. Because your stillness is going to be connected to your knowing. And the things that God wants to show you and bring you into is not going to come by your sweat. It's going to come by your stillness. Your stillness. And I feel like the Lord says, you can subtract words from that verse. And you might start and say, be still and know that I am God. But then he's like, hey, just continue on with be still and know. And then be still. And then be. Be. Because that's what I feel like the Lord says over you, David. He just says, be. Be. Like, I feel like the Lord brought you to Nashville. And you're an eagle, man. You have an eagle eye. You have a prophetic gift that's on your life. And that egg, man, just, you hatched. There's something about it. I know it's a weird word. But I feel like the Lord sent you to Nashville to hatch. All right? He sent you to Nashville to hatch. Because the covering that's encapsulated you has cracked. And God brought you here to hatch. So whatever that is uh, that's tried to intimidate you to be inauthentic or even to dumb yourself down to be perceived as acceptable, I feel like the Lord says just let that go and be. Because as you be, as you are authentic, new heights, wide wings, see more, know more, and release more. God brought you to see more, to see more. This is Seymour Avenue. This is Seymour Avenue. I just feel like the Lord's saying, God brought you to see more, to see more. So just receive that. All right. Amen. All right. Amen. I like that word a lot. God brought you to see more. To see more. That's good. I like that word a lot. Amen. Let's stand, church. Since we also have other guests here, let's just go ahead and pray for them as well. Ashley and Rhonda. Yeah, come on. Let's prophesy over them as well. Let's bless these guys. They're just visiting in town. But I I just, I feel like the Lord says y'all are a dynamic duo. That y'all function not just like a mom and a daughter, but almost like a sister and a sister. There's like something that's resting upon your lives that brings harmony among the generation and releases a blessing to everybody who beholds you. Because the world right now looks at relationships between sons and daughters, moms and dads as a mystery. And they don't see a bridge between the generations. But what I feel like you guys are doing is you're actually building a bridge through your relationship for the generations. And you're actually going to be restoring the promise of Malachi chapter 4 where he says that he's going to heal the land. He's going to bring a blessing, you know, as the father's hearts turn to the sons and the son's hearts turn to the father's. 
And so through your lives, he's going to heal the land. I don't feel like this is the last city that you guys are going to be sent into because the ministry of reconciliation and healing that rests upon your life. He's going to bring you into regions. He's going to bring you into cities. And you're actually going to begin to release healing and restoration for those regions and for those cities. And it's going to be healing and restoration for the generations. And you're going to hear testimonies, Rhonda, as you get up and get on a microphone or whatever you do and pray. All right. You're going to hear testimonies. I feel like women are going to be emailing you, Facebooking you, writing you. And they're going to be saying, when you prayed over me, my daughter came home. Like my daughter ran away a few years ago. But when you prayed over me, my daughter came home. And my son, he's been an alcoholic. He's been estranged. He's been a drug addict. But when you prayed over me, he just showed up last night and he he slept in his old bedroom. And he got up this morning and he's been delivered and he's going to church with me now because I feel like what you carry as a mom for the next generation is actually going to be a a beacon, a homing device, a lighthouse for the kids, for the sons and for the daughters to know that it's safe to come home, that they will be forgiven and not guilt ridden because there is a there's a visible, tangible, dynamic gift of mercy upon your life. And I want you to know that, that God has brought you into 2017 as the best, most anointed year of your life. The revelation that he's been stuffing in you is not intended to stay in you. But even as you felt full and full and full, I feel like there's been certain days you're like, I don't even know how to process what God is doing because it's so much stuff. Well, it is a lot, but that's because he intends for you to release a lot. Yeah. He's called you to a lot. He intends for you to release a lot. And that's why you're receiving a lot in this season. So keep up that hunger to read and to study, to pray and to receive, because you're being filled up to pour out. You're being filled up to pour out. I don't know what's happened in your past. I don't know what you've gone through. I know we've all gone through ups and downs, but I feel like the cracks in your vessel is where the oil is going to leak out the most. The things that have broken your heart is actually what's going to bring breakthrough to people. Like the oil that leaks out when you get vulnerable and you're real and you're raw and you share your story and you talk about your connections and your relationships. Like there's going to be things that are going to pour out of you that you didn't know were in there. It's going to bless them, but it's also going to heal you. I just feel like there's there's a healing that comes as a result of your sharing. So like when you get vulnerable, you get healed. And so I feel like the Lord's opening up your mouth in this season to begin to speak out so that you can receive the healing that you've been waiting on. So as you give out, you make room for the healing to come. So, Lord, I just bless Rhonda. Lord, I thank you for Ashley. I, I thank you for this queen, Lord. I thank you for this royal one, God. I thank you for this destined one. Um, Ashley, I feel like that you are Ashley with authority. And there is an authority that rests upon your life. You have revelation that sometimes you're afraid to share with people that everyone else sees as anointed because you don't want to feel like you're giving them a trump card. Like, you know, like, okay, I need to honor this moment. But God has been speaking to me about this. And I just want to admire and admonish your humility because you truly carry yourself as someone who takes the lowest seat at the table. And just like that parable of Jesus, when he says, hey, don't take a seat that's too high for yourself or else the host will come in and ask you to move down. I feel like you have literally time and time again taken the low seat at the dinner table. And now the host is saying, come up here, come up here, come up here, 
come up here, come up here. And even the testimony that you experienced this week was the result of God bumping you up a seat at the table. Because that is where you belong, because you belong in the place of releasing revelation that brings administration, that brings healing, that brings comfort, that brings dignity for other people, especially people who sit low on the totem pole in our society. And I, I mean, I don't know what's happening with your heart right now. I see you kind of like flipping through your phone and you're reading news stories and your heart's being broken for the inequality and the injustice that's happening in our world. And I feel like God's in the process of giving you, he's hatching a plan through your life of how you can help some of the lowest, some of the most busted, disgusted people, the people without anything, the people who have nothing. I feel like that God is hatching a plan through your life to not only have a strategy to help those people, but he's giving you a voice to live on behalf of those people. And I, I just see you telling stories. I, I see you sharing uh, on behalf of the poor, the invisible, the neglected, and the marginalized so that they could be dignified, they could be seen again, and they could be blessed. So I just, I bless you guys. And, and Rhonda, the only reason why Ashley can be a princess is because you are a queen. And you do come from a royal bloodline and your willingness to defer to her when you do is something that the Lord sees and calls beautiful. So we just bless these beautiful sisters. Lord, we thank you for pouring out over their life. We thank you for bringing them to Nashville. God, fill them up so much that when they leave, Lord, they're just sopping wet. They're just completely sopping wet with the presence of God. Same with David, Lord. Fill him up so he's just completely dripping, wringing wet from the presence of God. Yeah, man. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome. So, Lord, we just bless everybody here tonight. We thank you, God, for your peace and your power resting upon us. Lord, keep us and protect us this week. Keep us and protect us this week. In Jesus' name.